Good evening, all you creatures of the night. It is I, Matt Johnson, coming to you with the latest edition of the It Records podcast. It is that time of year again. The leaves are changing, and the cool, crisp air makes you change out of your t-shirt and shorts to a comfortable pair of jeans and a sweater. For some, it's the beginning of fall, but for others, it's the beginning of hell. This is the most coveted month of the It Records podcast. We worship you, O glorious October, and await the blessed return for all Hallows Eve. When the dead shall rise, blood shall be shed, and revenge will be had. This is your annual edition of Halloween Horror. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. You see, Jason was my son, and today is his birthday. for joining us today on the It Records podcast. It is now October 5th. We are approaching the first week of October. And I, Matt Johnson, am doing another rendition of Halloween Horror, which is, if you haven't listened, um, I'll give you a quick rundown. This might be the last time I do this, but all I'm doing, um, as well as Lindsay and Pete will join in with this, is we will provide a movie to you uh, each and every day throughout the month of October that we would recommend for you to watch. Uh, whether it be one you've never heard of, one you forgot about, or one you maybe just really wanted to see. We will be recommending those throughout the month of October because this is the time of the year that all of you are looking forward to watching scary movies, watching those Halloween movies, whereas Pete, Lindsay, and I, we do it all year round. But with that being said, I will give you a movie choice to watch for October 5th of 2019. This week on the podcast, I will recommend A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors. So this is a 1987 American fantasy slasher film directed by Chuck Russell. The story, as you all know, is developed by Wes Craven and Bruce Wagner. Uh, This is not the first installment. This is actually the third one and the uh, second sequel to the original you might be more familiar with starring Johnny Depp. So, in this third installment in the Nightmare on Elm Street series, it stars Heather Legenkamp, who was in the original Nightmare on Elm Street, but was not in the second, also known as Freddy's Revenge. And this film also stars Patricia Arquette, Larry Fishburne, uh, Priscilla Pointer, Craig Wasson, of course Robert Engel, as Freddy Krueger. Now, the main plot centers around the antagonist, who seeks to murder the remaining children of the parents who burned him to death. So the kids are committed to a mental hospital where Nancy Thompson, whose parents helped to kill Kruger, works. 
Freddy does not know that Nancy is training the kids to control the dreams in order to fight him. Um, a year later, a sequel came out called Nightmare on Elm Street 4 Dream Master. So, of course, this falls into the subgenre of the slasher film. It's a sequel. I'm not recommending the first one in the series uh, because we've actually already done a Nightmare on Elm Street as a full-length episode in the podcast. So we're going to give you a different one. And if I had to give you another Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, as well as Pete would recommend this one, um, Dream Warriors. Now, it's easy to forget um, what genuine horror phenomenon Nightmare on Elm Street was in the 80s, uh, but it might have single-handedly regenerated New Line Cinema that went on later to uh, produce Lord of the Rings. But, if you also don't know about the lore, Wes Craven I've directed and I believe wrote the original Nightmare on Elm Street uh, but he contributes to the third film in the series, Dream Warriors where in the second film he was not a part of. And so after watching Freddy's Revenge and how his beloved character completely was misinterpreted uh, it's understandable that he wanted to play creative godfather this time around taking on co-writer roles and executive producer duties uh, sharing story by and screenwriting credit with Bruce Wagner. So Chuck Russell contributed to the script alongside another filmmaker destined for big things, Frank Darabont, future Oscar-nominated writer and architect of classy Stephen King adaptations. So this time the story goes beyond the titular address that we know of in the first two and focuses on a bunch of Springfield teens who occupy the local psychiatric institute. In that environment comes self-enforced insomniac Kristen, Known as Patricia Arquette, we all know her. Um, she was nominated for Oscar and Supporting Actress for Boyhood. Um, we first see her washing down a heap spoonful of coffee with a colossal gulp of coke, whilst feverishly crafting a paper mache house from her subconscious. She's admitted into care following what appears to be a botched suicide attempt. But the real truth is apparent when the kids in her ward all seem to suffer from the same bad dreams involving a badly disfigured man in a fedora, Taddy red and green sweater it's a fun premise which offers the writer some juicy creative opportunities to play around with the formula Craven devised in the first film Russell and Darabont uh, did a fairly substantial rewrite particularly in regards to the teenagers changing ages sex and ethnicity for many of them they fleshed out Kruger's background in Dream Warriors adding to his bastard son of a hundred maniacs conception it's an intriguing idea this horrific figure could have been spawned by any number of madmen and that blend of dark and light, um, the light being that his mother was a nun, uh, further adds to the mythos of the character which was first introduced into the Dream Warriors. For everything the film does right, this third entry would mark the start of a dilution of sorts for the serial killer, with the wisecracking side really coming to the forefront in this film. Lines like, Welcome to prime time, bitch, delivered by Kruger, thrust the head of aspiring actress Jennifer, um, Penelope Sudro delivering, ironically, the film's weakest performance through a TV screen. Uh, may have been lapped up by the fans, but it also has a layer of accessibility and knowing wit to the character, which weakens the horror that he may have had in the first two. Uh, this element would grow successfully worse with each film, reaching um, its peak with 1991, Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. To wrap this up, Dream Warriors was a huge success on release, debuting at number one in the U.S. and eventually going on to make over $44 million at the box office. It's the third highest grossing of all the original Nightmare movies after the cynical continuity by rate. Uh, 
yet surprisingly entertaining Freddy vs. Jason, um, and A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. But take away the homage-heavy decorative trimmings and another salient factor to the film's success is that Dream Warriors definitely illustrates how the power of imagination can sometimes be used to defeat our demons, be it figurative or literal. So I will leave you with that. I think I might have ran a little longer than I usually do. Uh, maybe not on this Halloween horror. But check out A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. If you're looking to find it, I don't know if, now that it's in October, I should have checked more um, where you can watch this film. I know it's on Vudu, iTunes, Amazon Prime, YouTube and Google Play for rent. I don't know if it is on Hulu or Netflix right now uh, by the time you hear this because I know I mentioned Candyman. Um, I know you could rent it, but it wasn't on Netflix or Hulu. It's on Netflix, actually. Now that it's October, they're rolling out more Halloween movies. You can watch Candyman, which I was the most previous Halloween horror. That is on Netflix to view and watch. But until next time, I am Matt Johnson, and I remain in the shadows.